before I offer some guided practice uh, for me- for yeah. <laughs> I had a late lunch. Before I offer some guided practice um, for equanimity for all beings, I just wanted to share a few more reflections um, with you about equanimity practice and my experience of equanimity and a bit about the phrases that we, that we have been using in this retreat. And as I was reflecting on equanimity this afternoon, I remembered when Dara came uh, to visit me in Durango. It was a year ago last October. And she came uh, the day after the election. She left New Jersey, got on a plane really early in the morning and flew to Colorado and we taught together. And, um, and it, it was like, you know, it's kind of starting to snow and rain some in Durango. And after our, our retreat was finished that, that next Monday, we went and I said, I want to show you this, this land that I love. And we zipped up through the mountains and um, drove into you know, the San Juan Mountains and some of my favorite areas, just these incredible, incredible mountain vistas. And we drove to a um, town called Silverton, a few mountain passes away. And we got there and Dara said, there really are no black people here. <laughs> there, were, there were almost no people in general. <laughs> there definitely weren't any other black people there. And, um, and, um, and Dara said to me, she said like, you know, you really, you really like, this is your church. And I said, yeah, this is my church. And, and um, I talked a little bit about how I feel in the mountains. And, you know, like we've said, it's not that it's actually in the mountains. It's the way that my experience of the mountains connects me with some dimensions of who I am. And, um, you know, for me, there's a way being in the mountains, there's a presence of steadiness that they um, evoke in me. You know, mountains remind me of this presence of equanimity because of the kind of steadiness, dignity um, of a mountain, the way that the you know, presence of a mountain receives hikers and snow and harsh winds and brilliant sunshine. And, and the mountain stands, and even as this is happening, the mountain is changing. The mountain isn't fixed, the mountain is changing. And for me, there's a way when I'm in the mountains where um, I get some perspective. You know, it's like what's going on in my own head sometimes doesn't feel quite so much like the center of the universe. Um, it just is a reminder for me of, of, um, of the vastness of things and that, and that quality of uh, steadiness that, that brings balance to my life. And I'll just say there are, you know, a lot of misunderstandings about the teaching of karma. And we intend for the teaching of karma to be a, a support to your practice, to be a way of um, empowering you in, in your practice. And, um, you know, often we really simplify it as in like, as, as, as if we're not, you know, like the truth of these teachings is that we are living in a 
great web of life, you know, that, that um, we participate in, that impacts us. We are, um, you know, living within a sea of cause and effect. And, and um, part of cause and effect has to do with, with intention. So our intentions are enormously powerful. But the teaching of karma is not deterministic. It's an oversimplification to, to, you know, have something, you know, difficult happen to you and, and say, you know, like, that's my karma. Like, you know, the polar bears who are losing their habitat. Is that their karma? I don't think so. I think it's the, the result of um, a collective karma of, of human-caused climate change, you know? So it's like we can't reduce it and there's a way with the kind of the tendency toward individualism in the west we can we can kind of make karma all about me but it's a much more um, lawful yet vast and mysterious unfolding and karma is you know it's often not conscious you know, just to speak to the collective piece, you know, for me, as a white person, if, if, like, if I'm not doing my work to wake up into my whiteness and the impact of that and wake up out of, you know, a, a view of, of white dominance, white supremacy, white, white-centric culture, like, there's a karmic result in being complicit and not waking up, you know, and, and that's something that a person may or may not be conscious of, you know, but there's a karmic result there. So like what you're doing here, working with your hearts and minds in this way, I hope you know the sincerity, the power of the wholesome karma that you are generating by devoting yourselves in this way. Because what you're doing here is creating karma. Moment by moment, you are meeting what's happening in your mind with a, you know, intention toward mindfulness, an intention toward um, clear seeing, toward um, heartfulness. And for me, when there's equanimity in my mind, there's an experience of spaciousness. It's like it doesn't work so well for me to try to be equanimous. But if there's some sense of having access to some spaciousness, even when the big waves roll through, you know, even when there's lots of attachment, that for me is part of the, the presence of what equanimity actually feels like. Uh, the spaciousness as an absence of pressure. So cultivating equanimity, it's like a, it's like, it's like a, little internal revolution, I think, um, because we need a reservoir of something inside of us that is not distraught. We need a reservoir of something inside of us that is not distraught in order to turn toward the 10,000 joys and 10,000 sorrows, both internally and externally. And everything we're doing here, particularly the equanimity practice, can be part of uh, deepening access to that kind of stability, a lack of overwhelm that helps us turn toward, because it's hard to turn toward anything if there's no space. Space is some of what we need 
to turn toward and to, um, to open. So for me, equanimity practice is really one of a shift from, from um, a shift that moves from being in relationship from suffering, you know, to being in relationship to suffering. They're very different things, being in relationship from suffering and contention and being in relationship to suffering. And it's the spaciousness and wisdom that helps us to do that, to show up without getting entangled. So I'll just guide us some, there'll be some time of silence to, uh, we'll work a little bit more with with groups of beings and all beings. And take some time to, again, bring the here and within, sensing your body, sensing your heart. And just see if it's possible to open some sense of spaciousness, maybe noticing the space around the body. The space that every out-breath mingles with as it leaves your body. Also sensing a measure of stability, groundedness. As if you could sit here like a great mountain of presence. Maybe even taking a moment to appreciate the, the force of the wholesome karma being created, the merit simply of meeting the moment in this way that doesn't add to the dukkha. And we'll begin by taking 
some moments just to work with the equanimity phrases for yourself. And at this point, there might be a phrase or two that you connect with. I'll offer a few, but feel free to use your own. May I meet, meet, excuse me, may I meet this moment with balance, with wisdom. Things are as they have come to be. I'm the owner of my actions. My happiness or unhappiness depends partly upon my actions, not just my wishes.
And as you practice internally in this way, just let the felt sense of your awareness extend beyond your physical body, taking some moments perhaps to just appreciate this vast, mysterious web of causes and conditions that make this moment be what it is. These causes and conditions all the way back to the Big Bang, maybe even before the Big Bang. because your body is connected to that event so long ago. Appreciating that all beings live within this vast mutuality, this vast interconnectedness that is the truth of sentient life. Beings who are being born in this moment and beings who are dying in this moment Things are as they have come to be. May you be in balance within the conditions of your life. beings you're able to see and beings who are unseen. Things are as they have come to be. May you be in balance within the conditions of your life. feeling into each of the categories as we go through them. Beings who are suffering, 
and beings who are not suffering. Things are as they have come to be. May you be in balance within the conditions of your life. large beings and small beings, beings as large as the great whales, maybe swimming in the bay, not too terribly far away, beings as large as the whales and beings as small as the littlest insect or microbe. Things are as they have come to be. May you be in balance within the conditions of your life. Beings who are near, near to you in this hall, near to you in this room, or beings who are far on the other side of the planet and all the space that stretches in between. Things are as they have come to be. Even if I wish things were otherwise, things are as they have come to be. May you be in balance within the conditions of your lives.
beings who you agree with, who are easy for you. And beings you don't agree with, who are difficult for you. Things are as they have come to be. May you be in balance within the conditions of your lives. Beings of the sky, of the air. Beings of the ground, the earth, four-legged ones, two-legged ones. Beings moving through the sea. Things are as they have come to be. May you be in balance within the conditions of your life, lives. Opening the awareness, opening the heart to include all beings, just appreciating the vastness, the scope, all beings.
allowing whatever images may travel through to do so. For all beings, things are as they have come to be. May you be in balance within the conditions of your lives. You are the owner of your actions. Your happiness or unhappiness depends largely upon your actions, not my wishes for you. taking some time in silence to allow these wishes, this spaciousness and stability as you open to equanimity for all beings.
before I ring the bell, a few words from Adrienne Marie Brown. From her poem, A Complex Movement. Over and over again, it becomes known the peace we seek is seeking us. The joy of full bud awaiting our attention, justice in our hands, longing to be practiced, the whole world learning from within. This requires comprehension that cannot fit in words. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.